This podcast is brought to you by Ferma the Movie, opening in theaters nationwide on August 14th. Hello, my name is David Carollo, the Executive Director of the World of Positive Fatima, Our Lady's Blue Army, and welcome to this podcast. We are in the middle of the Fatima season and coming up on the apparition of July 13th, the anniversary of the July 13th apparition. It was such a big part of the Fatima story. Um, very, very pivotal. And I'm, uh, uh, I think it, this was the point in the Fatima message, one of the Fatima apparitions, where uh, the mission became very apparent. I have with me here Barb Ernster. Barb is our Director of Communications for the Apostolate. And uh, welcome, Barb. Well, thank you, Dave. It's good to be on with you today. Yeah, yeah it's great. Now, uh, Barb, you know, let's uh, first talk about the events that led up to that apparition of Fatima. Yes. Uh, you know, we talk about um, Sister Lucia, uh, or Lucia, young Lucia at the time, was having great difficulty with with the with everything that was going on. I mean, the pressure from her family and such. And uh, just, do you want to address that a little bit? Yeah. Well, you know, it was interesting. Her mother, you know, would often want her to go and speak with the parish priest because she felt that she was lying and she would say to her, just tell him it's all a lie and this can be over with. And, you know, it greatly distressed Lucia because, you know, she couldn't lie. It was a sin. And she just, she, she would be telling a lie if she said she was lying. And at one point the parish priest, I I don't know, remember if she overheard her mother and the parish priest speaking, or if he told her directly that this could be the devil in disguise. I think it was the priest was telling her mother and Lucia overheard it. And that just caused her great distress. She became greatly disturbed that she was being deceived by the devil and she became filled with anxiety she uh, began to experience sleepless nights and terrible nightmares she actually experienced what a lot of saints go through when they what they call a dark night of the soul where they become discouraged and lucia even stopped practicing her daily sacrifices because she felt like this was not of god well, you know, she actually resolved not to return to the apparition site. She was done. <laughs> she wasn't going to do right. it anymore. And it was kind of interesting because, uh, you know, we look at seers, okay, as being uh, people who are, are just on this, this path of connection with God, all right? Mm-hmm. We don't realize that they are on the same path that we are, uh, but mm-hmm. they, they become perfected as time goes on. And I think you, know, you, you look at, at the situation with her family, her biggest anxiety, her biggest anger, or I would say anger, but her, her agony, even throughout her life beyond the time of the apparitions, was the fact that her mother never really embraced it. Right. And really, I think, had a lot to do with uh, with the family, if their family was uprooted. We have a vision of the people of Fatima as little, simple farm people. And in fact, they were. But Lucia's family was was the, one of the one of the more affluent families, if you will, mm-hmm. of the area. And they owned the land. They had other things. And I think that uh, they were affected in ways, in different ways than the others. Did, you know, you, know, you ever th- thinking about that? How how was her family um, affected? How that affected her mother and her mother's relationship and her perhaps lack of belief or unwillingness, I would say, to believe what was going on. And there's just a you know beautiful story about her father who struggled through all of this as well because they were losing their their ability to support themselves. And at one point they went and visited the coven. I think it might have been around this July 13th apparition. There had been so many people trampling through that they couldn't grow their own wheat anymore they had to rely they they could grow acorns and you know i think they they were just these little 
things that they could grow to support themselves. But he he had a, a much more trusting um, or much more capability, you might say, of just kind of letting it go and letting letting it putting it in God's hands. He'd always say, "Our Lady will take care of us." But the mother was it was much more distressing to her. But I also think because she had a she was a pretty upstanding citizen in the in the little community that they were, and it was very difficult for her. And so, so Lucia was, um, you know, this was, this was truly a very, very tough time for her right before that July 13th apparition. It, it, she was really suffering a lot. And I know many, many saints have gone through something like this. So. Yeah. Well, you talk about the, the dark night of the soul. And I think that is, uh, I think Teresa, Teresa talked about that. And I think it's a, it is something that people on the path of holiness to find because God tests us at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, are you, are you really willing to take this path towards me? And, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's when you, you get a point of deprivation where you don't, you don't have, uh, you don't have the consolation of prayer. Prayer, prayer is consoling. Let's be realistic. That's one of the attributes of it. And as we, as you know, I mean, we know, I know when I get done praying a rosary, I have a sense of, I don't want to say accomplishment, but maybe that's what it is to some degree. It's a sense of, um, of having fulfilled and and having gained merit okay we, we don't we don't see it we can't really quantify what it is but do you get that i'm sure you, you and i think anybody who prays regularly attends masses um, works and lives within the devotional outlines that were given does feel a sense of satisfaction okay right. and maybe that comes from us and not god and maybe that's the reason why god allows this to happen to people but they don't get that they don't their prayers don't seem to be answered uh they don't see and then and then, then in time it comes back and 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 almost everybody will say that once they come out of this spiritual funk, if you will, um, that they are are stronger in their faith. Yeah, and sometimes it feels like you're just having uh, you know times in life that can be so much more anxious, and it's harder to pray the rosary. It's harder to get those prayers in. It's it's right. a struggle to find the time to settle your mind and to embrace it. You don't feel like doing it, but then when right. you know, oftentimes when I do say the rosary, my anxieties are gone. They're lifted. I I'm at peace. And yeah. um, Lucia explained that the night before, she didn't sleep all night, and um, Francisca and Jacinta were so upset. I mean, the day was dawn and she was bound and determined not to show up and she they explained in her biography that for her it was like a Gethsemane and she was trying to avoid this cup of suffering she mm-hmm. she it was it was almost like being in the garden a little bit with Jesus and then suddenly she felt compelled to go it was right before noon when they were supposed to be there and she suddenly felt compelled by a strange force she said which she could not resist and when she went to Sorry, interrupt you. But think of something. Why? Why, if, the, if this was an act of the devil, and very likely was, to keep her away from there on June, on July 13th? Because when you look at all of the apparitions, of the six apparitions, which one is the most pivotal? I always say it's a July right. apparition. Because when they went there in July, what did they see? They were shown, what, the vision of hell. Mm-hmm. They, and they were really, in my opinion, given their mission on that day. Sure, it was it was presented before and pray the rosary and do some of these things. Now, this is why I need you to do this, because look, when they saw the vision of hell, when they saw what what the consequences of sin were, 
they came to understand their mission better than ever. Right. And so I think this is why, I mean, the test was given so much before, mm -hmm. or the temptation of the devil to keep her away was allowed to take her over to the degree it did, because it was important, knowing that when she, when she say, came to her senses, she knew she had to be there. And when she mm -hmm. got there, she understood. And after that July apparition, none of those kids, they were never the same after that. That's true. And that, that July apparition, I mean, you consider that Lucia felt as if her a huge burden was lifted from her heart, but then they get to the site and they're showing these very visual, horrible scenes. And it's not just the vision of hell, but they were showing the third part of the secret where, you know, they see that all happening with the world in ruins and people dying and the Pope being killed. And I mean, there, there was a lot that was going on in that apparition. So yeah. it was almost as if this strengthened her and maybe prepared her. Now, did it come from God or he allowed it to happen? But there was a, definitely a temptation for her in the midst of all this spiritual discouragement. Sure. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and that is really something because um, I, I think that when, when you find yourself, uh, you get involved in a mission. We all do. We're, we're involved in a mission in this work we do. And look at the discouragement. Look, look at how we run again. We bump into walls all the time and what we're trying to accomplish, the technology demons, whatever. I mean, how many things have happened right when we're getting ready to do something? And we get very discouraged. But then what happens, it seems, is these things work out and, and, and uh, you know, we overcome this. We don't walk away. And I think that's really what, what we as individuals can take from what these, these children, I mean, the young children, I mean, and it's almost amazing uh, how, how you learn, I guess, you have to, maybe you have to learn from the simplicity of a child because, because you know, a, ch a child runs along, trips, scrapes their knee, stops and cries a second, then gets up and starts running again, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's maybe what we have to take from this, that we have to be like these children. We just get up and start doing it again and not worry about... Um, you know, we, we, we look at kind of, we look at long-term consequences. I think we're trained as adults to do that. But I think with, with these children, they understood that what was in front of them today was very important and it had those long-term consequences. So there, um, I, I, I truly believe that the, the, these, these fears, these children and Lucia primarily, because remember that Lucia was given a lifetime mission. Okay. Jacinta and Francisco were given a, a, a life altering mission that was going to last for a relatively short period of time. But they knew they accepted their suffering. Jacinta Francisco, they, they accepted the fact that over the next few years, they didn't know how long they'd be around, but they were promised that they, there was a promise made that they would be taken to heaven soon. So they really knew what they had to do, offering up their sufferings for the salvation of souls, and they did it. Right. Sister Lucia, or Lucia, always had in her mind, I'm going to be here now. I'm going to be here through life. What is my life going to be like, and how am I going to fulfill this? Will I be able to fulfill this? I think that's the big difference with, with, with she and any other two children. Well, and people often wonder why did Our Lady appear to such young children? What what on earth could they have told the world? But they look at how com compliant they were, and, and they were they were just such empty vessels. They were able to receive all that Our Lord and Our Lady wanted to give them, and they were they're they weren't at that age where they could their own pride and their own sinfulness could get in the way. I mean, all of us right. would be feeling we're quite special if Our Lady appeared to us as adults, yeah. but as children, they were just so, this was just something so new and different. They were completely empty vessels and able to be filled with whatever God needed them to receive from him. 
Well, I think being empty vessels, that's a good term to use, that they were able to, um, uh, you know, it's simply to child simplicity. Are you willing to offer your lives in prayer and reparation and accept the sufferings that God is, will send your way or allow to come your way? You know, it was submission for the salvation of souls. Now, did they say, I'll get back to you later about this? No, they said, <laughs> yes, I will do it. Okay. Now, you know, look at Our Lady. I mean, I mean, okay, how old was Our Lady at the Annunciation? I mean, I've heard many different things. Some say she was 14 years old, 15, 16 years old. I don't know. She was, she was certainly a young woman, okay, a young lady. And when you think about that, um, you know, you know, again, she didn't sit back and think about it. <laughs> she said, yes, be it right. done unto me according to thy word. And that's right. what God is looking for. So, right. uh, we need to take a little break here. And when we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the spiritual condition of these souls. And then talk about the, 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 the July 13th apparition, the vision of hell, and the meaning of it. So okay. we're back. This is David Carollo, and we're with the World of Positive Fatima. And uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Incredible True Story is now a powerful, uplifting motion picture event. Fatima, in 1917, the world needed hope when three children received a miracle. Who are you? I come from heaven. Fatima has now been endorsed by the Shrine of Fatima, featuring the original song Grazia Plena, performed by Andrea Bocelli. Fatima, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters nationwide, August 14th. So we're back. David Carollo here with the World of Positive Fatima, Our Lady's Blue Army, uh, uh, and our son is podcast. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, I have Barb Ernster with me. Barb and I are talking about um, the July 13th apparition. And this podcast is brought by, brought to you by the movie Fatima, which will be um, will be premiering here soon. Uh, and, and it's very appropriate because this movie, which is uh, a movie so strongly representing the message of Fatima, uh, which uh, which uh, brings to life a vision of what we're talking about here. So, Barb, welcome back. And, uh... Thank you. And I just want to make one comment about the movie Fatima. We've previewed it, and I, they did. You know, we're talking about the vision of hell and the July 13th apparition. Yeah. And I have to say, they did a fabulous job of presenting that vision, um, yes. and and just uh, as best they could with how Lucia described it in her memoirs. And you know, we. She, you know the, the sea of fire and the the earth opening up and the the sound of the screaming and the, the the groaning of the people that were there and you know there was a real difference between the they could tell the difference between the the souls and the demons the demons looked like you know the souls were black and transparent but the demons looked like frightful and unknown animals I mean that's how they distinguished between between the souls and the and the demons and and Saint Faustina had a very similar vision of hell but hers was much more impressionable because as you said earlier, Dave, she was an adult. She and was. So she was. Talk about that a little bit. Just. Well, and I think that's what it is. I mean, and, and, and we spoke earlier about, you know, when, when our, our Lord allows the apparitions like this, the apparitions, of course, of Our Lady to come to simply, you know, to children simply. But this, you also brought it to St. Faustina, who was really a simple nun, an adult, but certainly a sister living, a, I mean, a, a simpler life. But she was at a level of understanding, I think, that in, you know, obviously because of, you know, by virtue of her years, that, um, 
that she it was more impressionable I think for her I think the children saw something frightening they saw something that certainly scared them and with their childlike simplicity it repelled them and that's and that's very important but then uh, Saint Faustina saw all the same things but she saw I think to a greater degree the the condition of souls you know, right. she saw much more why these people were there you know the, the children understood it was because of sin and because of sin they were damned and that was enough but sister Faustina I think she had a deeper understanding because she was in the world to some degree even though in a convent but she was she saw the adult world and she saw how the people you know immature people uh, do uh, it's easier for a mature person to reject God let's be realistic mm-hmm. and I think that's why it was much more impressionable to her well um, and it, she it, saw that <laughs> She saw the various ways in which souls are tortured in hell, which is is a little interesting to me because one of them is they're experiencing the loss of God. Yes. Uh, She said they had perpetual remorse of conscience. They know their condition will never change. It's for eternity. Um, They had continuous darkness. And she even even described this horrible smell, the smell of sulfur, which, you know, that's sounds almost fictitious but she smelled it and I mean, it was the best way she could describe it it was just it was just constantly there and then the constant presence of satan was another one that was very frightening as an adult you think about that you know her her vision almost and what she experienced almost is more frightening for adults i would think <laughs> yes 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 very much so i mean and that's what it was and i think the um uh, of course her mission was that of divine mercy but mm-hmm. what was the vision or was the mission i should say of, of the, the message of fatima it is mercy it's god's mercy which is available okay and i think that's really i mean it's, it's no coincidence that the upper of divine mercy came really right after the the operations of Fatima. I mean, they, the, the, in 1929, Sister Lucia received the last of the apparitions, we call it Fatima, and in Tui, Spain. And then in you know two years later, now Sister Faustina receives these these um, apparitions of mercy. Okay, that's mm-hmm. it. Mercy of God. You have to appeal to God's mercy. And it was once explained to me too that that God is, is saying, "Come to my mercy, because my justice is not somewhere you want to go." Mm-hmm. And you know, I, th- I think about you know, you talk about this apparition too, where these children were given their mission. Well, they these visions compelled them to just do everything they could to so that souls wouldn't end up in hell. And Our Lady, I mean, I just love what she says to them in August when she says. Um, pray, pray very much, especially for those who have no one to pray for them. And then, you know, just this first Saturday devotion is all about trying to, you know, help people who may be damned to hell. It's to, it's it's a merciful action. Everything that she presents to the children after that in their mission is to do acts of reparation and sacrifice because it's an act of mercy for souls who maybe have no idea that they're heading for hell and they have no one to pray for them. We think of our family members and all of us who have families, we're praying so hard for our children and, you know, we all struggle with things in our families. And then you think, well, gosh, what about those kids or those family members who have no one to pray for them or people in, in nursing homes who aren't caring for them? There's such an act of mercy in in presenting your prayers and sacrifices to the Lord for them because we want everybody saved just like our Lord and our Lady do. So to me, the mission here is so powerful because it is a mission of mercy. 
Well, it is a mission of mercy, and I think especially in these times that we're in right now, Barb, with all of the, the discord that is out there, okay, the civil strife on top of, you know, the, of course, the, the issues of a, of a pandemic and these, but, but it's an aggravating thing to see the civil unrest that's going on, and it does bring out feelings of hatred sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay? We have to be careful. You know, we do not want, you say you look at your worst enemy in this world and you do not want them to be damned, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a fact. I mean, we need to pray for the salvation of all souls, all right? those who are our families and friends, those we love, and those we don't like all that much, okay? And this kind of thing, I think that, because when you look at the, the finality of hell, of eternity, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and it's, it's like, uh, you know, you see the children's account, you see Faustina's account, you see the accounts of hell that are, are, are out there and have been since the beginning of the church and before, I mean, even in the Old Testament, it's referred to, you know this is something where, where you know, the worst crime that's committed does not, in our human thinking, warrant that, okay? On the same side, the littlest things can damn us just by turning away from God. So mm. we have to, as people, enlighten, you know, I was with a, uh, speaking with a priest, uh, we were, he was, he wanted some of our literature recently, and I, I he wanted some of our catechism books, mm-hmm. and I gave them to him, and he said, he bought a case, he wanted, or he picked up a case, and he said, this is the problem. He goes, people aren't catechized, okay? And I, well, that's what we say all the time. They don't understand the basics, all right? And I think if they understand the basics, if they understand, you know, like what we used to learn, like in the old Baltimore catechism and things like that, the simple thing of why we were created, you know, and, and, and that, that I, don't, I think so many don't learn that anymore. They're mm-hmm. not catechized. They don't quite understand. And then, quite honestly, they don't seek it, all right? Maybe their families don't, you know, it's like you talk about, um, you know, uh, there's no one to pray for them. Like Our Lady said in, in August, there's no one to pray, but who would pray more? It used to be a time where, especially like you're in Italy, for example, in Italy and Europe in general, and you see, they just talk about the little old ladies, little old widows that would dress in black and they'd be in black the rest of their life. You know, typically, you know, that that in many ways was usually a person who was widowed. They would put on kind of like the sackcloth and they would be praying for their deceased family members. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that was part of the tradition, right? Now, you know, I'm not, I'm no stylist here and I'm not telling people don't, you know, <laughs> about, about how they should act, especially after losing a loved one or something. But the reality is people understood that they had a job to bring those people who were in their life, who may have passed on family, you know, maybe a spouse, maybe a, a parent or the siblings, that they have to they have to pray for them. Uh, you know, the late Father John Harden always told us in, in, in the things we were involved in, he said in our, our retreats, he would say, you pray for everyone as if they're in purgatory, no matter who they are. You don't know, you know, because, because if they're in heaven, they don't need your prayers. If, God forbid, they're in hell, they can't use them, but somebody else will. But anybody that's died, you pray for them as if they are in purgatory. And you don't know, and those prayers will never be wasted. And I think that's a beautiful way to look at things. So we, we, are, we are obliged to pray first for the conversion of sinners so they do not you know, suffer that fate. And then, of course, pray for those after they've died. Well, and this is and this is where Our Lady also, after the visions ended, she gives them this prayer that we all say after the Rosary. This is where she gives them this prayer called the Decade Prayer. Oh my Jesus, forgive us, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those who are in most need. 
that's a very merciful prayer and it's a powerful prayer. We all learned it. Um, yeah. I just want to also talk about Jacinta a little bit because she was so, this vision really transformed her. <clears throat> she was greatly disturbed. She took on great sacrifices after this and she would often ask Lucia, you know, about hell and if it was for eternity. And she once said, why doesn't God show everyone hell so they would never commit a sin or they'd never want to go there? And, and that was dis- dis- disconcerting to her that she saw this. She wanted everybody to see this. And it, 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 it had to have just been on her mind so much. Well, what she said was, why would anybody want to go there? Now, think about it, because yeah. only people who have chosen it are there. Let's be realistic. Right. Mm-hmm. be tricked into things that, but the reality is, you know, those who are in hell have chosen it. There's no doubt about it, okay? And they've chosen to be separated from God one way or another, and this is the consequence of it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just back to the decade prayer. It, it doesn't say, oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead the souls that we love into heaven. <laughs> right. It's all souls souls into heaven, okay? Not just the ones we like, not just the ones that we have an affection for. So, you know, it goes back to, you know, turn the other cheek if you're you're Mm -hmm. offended. Is it easy? No, it's extremely difficult, Mm -hmm. especially when you look out and you see your whole, when you see your society being in an uproar and all the things that bother us today. But Mm -hmm. lead all souls into heaven, okay? Especially those who are most in need of thy mercy. Mm -hmm. Mercy. It starts with mercy. God has designs of mercy on you, okay? Mm -hmm. Sister Faustina, it's mercy. It's God's mercy. We have to beg for it. And we do that, he will give it. Uh, even in the Old Testament, he gave it even prior to, you know, the, the institution of our sacraments today. You know, when, when people put on the sack, like the king of Nineveh, who ordered Paul to put on the sackcloth and ashes and do penance, he was mm-hmm. merciful to them. You know, to David, to King David, when he sinned so seriously, you know. Have mercy on me, O oh God, and and He granted it. You know? mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's really what what it is. That's what our apostles all about, Barb. That's why we, I say, it's why we get up in the morning. We're, we're mm-hmm. here to work for salvation of souls. But, um, and um, again, you know, there's our uh, there's our job, there's our mission. Mm-hmm. So we just want to invite everybody to go to bluearmy.com and learn more about this message and uh, get the book, The Pathway Under the Gates of Mary. It's Lucia's biography. It's a great uh, compilation of her life all the way to the end when she died. And on July 13th, we'll be celebrating this uh, anniversary of this apparition at the Blue Army Shrine. We'd ask you to join us at facebook.com slash Our Ladies Blue Army. Join us live or you can go to bluearmy.com and also join us live there. Yes, yes. And as soon as you can, you need to see this beautiful movie coming out, Fatima. It is, uh, it's special, and I think it will give you a real understanding of the Fatima message. And afterwards, come to our website, bluearmy.com, for more information on the apparitions. All right. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Barb. It's great to be with you today, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, May God bless you, and we will see you next time.